Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I would be embarrassed today if I were a Flyers fan. Actually, every day I woke up as a Flyers fan, I'd be embarrassed. But that team, last night, did not show the desperation that you need to see from a team that's on the verge of going down three games to one in a series. That team didn't know the game started until 11 minutes were already off the clock. The Penguins are actually the team that came out looking like the team that was down 2-1 in the series, playing in front of its home crowd. Flyers fans were as quiet as Donovan McNabb on a potential Super Bowl winning drive. Place sounded like a morgue. By the time they got into the game, they were already down one nothing. Flyers are losers. They haven't been in this spot before, and the lights got too bright. The Penguins, knowing Couturier wasn't going to play, smelled blood in the water. They were circling their prey at no point. And I mean this. At no point in the game last night did I think the Penguins were going to lose the game. At no point. Neither did the Penguins. The Flyers didn't think they had a chance either. Stan and I have talked about this before. I believe it was the subject of his Penguins report today here on ESPN Pittsburgh. There becomes a time in every series where one team knows their end is inevitable. One team knows how good the other team is and that they can't overcome it. And I think that hit the Flyers square in the nads last night in the first 10 minutes of the game. They knew they weren't good enough, and their play the rest of the way proved it. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I want you to check out the cheese tees there where I shoved a piece of pizza down my pants. I've got mushrooms in my crotch. I got marinara sauce. It's a whole thing. Uh, Basically a pepperoni roll sitting between my testes. With his two points last night, Crosby passed Mario Lemieux as the Penguins' all-time playoff scoring leader. Did you ever think you'd see that? Hell no! But here we are. A lot of the discussion today on sports radio has been about who's the greatest Penguin of all time. Yo, it can't be anyone other than Mario. It's Gobby Sid. He scored more playoff points, and he won the Cup three times. Anyone having that discussion right now is missing the point. We shouldn't be discussing who's better. We should be discussing how gosh darn lucky we are to have witnessed both at the height of their powers. Both players are going to play or have played their entire career with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Lemieux's the greatest individual talent that I've ever had the pleasure of watching. He had an elegance about him that we just don't see in the modern game. He was effortless. Nobody should be able to move the way that he did at his size, and he did. Crosby hates this, but he's the greatest grinder of all time. He outworks everyone on the ice and off the ice. He thinks the game better than anybody he's playing against. He'll doink it off your ass. He'll throw it in off your head. He plays the game at a different intellectual level than anybody else is playing on the ice. Lemieux is second all-time in points per game. Crosby's sixth. Lemieux dominated his era. Sid dominated his. Crosby has 173 playoff points and will continue to add to that total. Mario has 172. Rank whomever you'd like ahead of the other guy, but you're lucky as hell to have gotten the chance to watch both. Comparison isn't necessary. 
The Pittsburgh Hockey Club has had a player win the scoring title in 15 of the last 30 years. The Flyers have never had a star win the Art Ross. You're spoiled, Penguins fans. You are witnessing one of the greatest players of all time, and you need to realize that. And you don't need to take away from his accomplishments by trying to traipse Mario Lemieux all over his face. I've heard a lot of that today. Oh, Sidney Crosby doesn't hold a candle to Mario. That's not true. Crosby has dominated his era in a similar fashion to what Mario Lemieux has done, and he won more than Mario Lemieux's Penguins did. So there's no need to take away from Sid. There's absolutely no need to take away from Mario Lemieux. The guy saved the franchise twice. Crosby helped the second time. There's no need to get into the argument. The Penguins have had two of the top five players in history. Sid's career is not going to last another decade. His prime likely only has a few more short years, so don't waste your time arguing who's better. Instead, spend your time appreciating the greatness. You're never going to see it again. 412-922-2874. I'd like you to weigh in on all that. I love food. That's why I got fat. I also love beer, likewise. But I like steak. I like tacos. I like lobster. I like pizza. All kinds of great food. You know what I don't have to do? Pick the one that I like more than the other. I can enjoy whichever I want to at the time of consumption. If I'm eating a pizza or, hey, shoving a piece down my pants... It's okay to enjoy that pizza in the moment. It's okay to be all up in it. It's okay to enjoy that steak when you're crushing it. It's fine if you want to have a pineapple every now and again. You can appreciate what you're eating at the time. I love Guinness. It's my favorite beer. Does that mean I can't enjoy a nice cold Pilsner? No. Do I have to say it's better than a good porter? No. Love the one you're with, man. God, we become such prisoners of the moment, don't we? Everyone has to fit into a freaking list, a category. Shut the hell up. Why do we have to figure out a place to put Crosby? Why do we have to find out a place to put Mario? Why can't we just appreciate all of it? And I know that goes against what everyone else is saying and doing today, but that's the way I feel. I don't want to waste my time arguing about which player is better than the other player because... Inherently, when you do that, even if you don't mean to do it, you take away from the other guy. And I want to love them both. I want to have a menage a trois with Sidney Crosby and Mario Lemieux. Did I say that out loud? Penguins fans of today absolutely think Crosby's better. Young people, people my age. Older people always say Lemieux. It doesn't matter to me. We got to watch them both. It's great. It's fabulous. We're lucky. No need to argue. No need to fight. No need to debate. We're good. I'm tired of arguing about it. It's the classic radio cliche. Why can't I just get off? The fact that this is a discussion, though, is crazy to me. I remember the X-Generation Penguins right after Lemieux got out of the league. Hell, actually, he was there a little bit. And it was Rico Fada, and it's Konstantin Koltsov, and Ryan Malone was the best player on that team. He was a rookie. He scored 20 goals. And I thought, oh, my God, this is awesome. This guy scored 20 goals. And I just didn't see that there was ever going to be light at the end of the tunnel, albeit from the Penguins going to Kansas City. And yet here we are, 12 years or so later, and the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup three times. They've gone four times. They've gone to the conference final five times. And back then, I never even would have thought it was possible to have the discussion that a lot of people are having today. Is it Lemieux or Crosby? And because of that, I don't want to have the discussion 
I just want to reflect on the fact that it's badass that we in Pittsburgh get to see them both. Ed's got a question here. First up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Ed? Hey, Adam, thanks for taking my question. Sure thing, buddy. So um, I heard talk earlier today on Sports Talk that it was harder to score goals in today's NHL, so Crosby should be given some credit for that. Where I was confused, I thought it was easier nowadays since they opened things up a few years back. It's not easier now, although this year, and thanks for the question, Ed, 412-922-2874, now they have had an uptick this year. But before this year, we hadn't seen it. And I think that's more about the talent than it is the rules. They are trying to increase power plays with the slashing rules, stuff like that. They took out the two-line pass. They took out the area behind the net. And, well, they actually added in an area behind the net. Now the goalie gets to play the puck anywhere else except for that little trapezoid. They've done things to try to make it easier to score goals, but it's not easier to score goals now. The talent is great. That's why the numbers are up now as compared to last year and the last couple of years prior to that. But, oh, my God, the 80s, wheeling and dealing, baby. And Mario Lemieux in the mid-80s. Guys were scoring 200 points. It's insane. Totally different league. Speaking of totally different, how about Matt Murray in the playoffs as compared to Matt Murray in the regular season? Matt Murray had a 9.07 save percentage. He has a career mark of 9.17 in the regular season. Thank you very much, Stat Pat, for giving me that information. He's got a 930 career save percentage when he's playing for Lord Stanley's Cup. And this year, oh, daddy. 91-96 shot stopped in the series. His, nine, his save percentage is 948. If the Penguins aren't playing well, the goaltending can bail them out. We talked about this ad nauseum throughout the regular season. Oh, I just don't trust the Penguins because God only knows Matt Murray's not playing well. Uh, I always had faith. I always had an idea he'd be good. And here we are at the corner of I'm right and suck it. He stopped the Flyers on a minute and 14 second shift in the offensive zone. They outplayed the Penguins, I think, for about four minutes in this entire game. That's it. Just four minutes between eh, like 10 minutes left and when the goal was scored by Phil Kessel. But Murray shut them down. His stop of Travis Konechny on the breakaway at the end of the first period was your hockey game. That was it. See you later. I knew from that moment forward, it was done. I knew they weren't even going to put up a fight. And Matt Murray allowed my thought to be correct by making a few more key stops along the way. The Penguins can beat you in so many different ways. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of it coming up in about nine minutes with Josh Getzoff of the Penguins Radio Network. Very pleased to announce we've got Greg Wyshynski at 520. Puck daddy, baby. He of ESPN. Butcher Gross tomorrow. How about that? He's ripped. He's also badass. Yoked. Yoked. 420 for him tomorrow. Flyers knew they were cooked without Couturier. They knew it. You could tell by the dejection on the faces of the players in the locker room prior to the game that they knew they were done. They knew they didn't have a chance. They knew it was done, over, see ya, goodbye. And they didn't show up at the beginning portion of the game because they already knew it. They were cooked. They're not a mentally tough hockey club. And that's got to piss people in Philadelphia way off. 
They're supposed to be tough. They're supposed to be the Broad Street Bullies. We talked about yesterday the fact that this team doesn't play that way, but they've got some players who still kind of hang on to the Dark Ages. Well, the mindset was not that of an old-school hockey club. They did not fight and battle and do everything they could to win this game and to stay alive in the series. After it didn't go their way early, they folded like a bunch of bitches. How about their stars? Speaking of folding and bitches. Their top three players haven't scored a goal this series. Claude Giroux has one assist. He's a minus seven. Wayne Simmons had 24 goals this season, has only one assist. Voracek, he scored 20 this season, has two assists. That's four points for the three of them. Yikes. You can't win that way. They needed their best players to be their best players. Now, you want to talk about cliche, that is one, but they don't have the depth to be able to contend with the Penguins. The Penguins can beat you so many different ways. They can beat you off the rush. They can beat you with the goalie. They can beat you hemming you in. They can do so many different things. The Flyers had to have production from their big guns, and they didn't. And Giroux? He should be ashamed of himself. I wouldn't walk down the street in Philadelphia if I were that guy right now. What an absolute fraud. He's showing exactly who he is. Malkin blew past him in game one, quit on the play, did Giroux. Sid won that face-off in game number three, the four-on-four, and Giroux gave up on the play. Dumoulin was his guy. And then on Sid's stuff yesterday where he slammed one home, Giroux gave up on that play. Disgusting. He's a really good player, but he's needed to carry them through this round, and he just simply has not. And I guess if he hasn't, that means he can't, which means that baton, if he's got it, is probably shoved firmly up his... Well, you know what I was going to say. As I mentioned, Greg Greg Wyshynski coming up at 520. Tim Benz at 6. Coming up next, though, Josh Getzoff. I miss his golden voice calling games. So we'll have him on the phone. He's in Philly. Well, probably not anymore. It's Crowley Show. Last segment. I can't believe how ineffective Claude Giroux's been in this series. And really, the whole top line of the Flyers. I mean, what's the line from Batman? I mean, your your balls drop off? I mean, Giroux has quit on... The Joker said it. Tom's looking at me like I'm crazy. It wasn't a good impression. It was a line. Look up, Look up the scene. impression. Look up the scene. It wasn't an impression. Was the Joker. I'm just saying the line. I can do a Joker. Let's hear it, please. I mean, maybe at the end of the interview. Oh, come on. I gotta warm up to it come now. Come on. Your, uh, your balls drop <laughs> off. Oh, my God. Did that it become like, Stat Pat? Like Stat Pat creeped in there a little Is bit. Is that what happened yeah, there? Was he doing the Joker impression? Yeah, that was Stat Pat. I can do one. Now I got Stat Pat in my head. He's in all of her heads. I like that guy, though. No, no, you do. He gives me numbers like Claude Drew's a minus seven and only has one point this series. Josh Getzoff joins us now to discuss. I'll get a joker. I just got to clear my mind of stat pad. How are you, uh, Josh? What's going on, buddy? What's going on, Adam? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you very much for coming on. I'm more surprised by Giroux's line not playing well than I am about just about anything else in this series. Not that I thought they were going to play 
great going up against Crosby's line, but he had 102 points in the regular season. This guy could have been a Hart Trophy winner. He could still be a Hart Trophy winner. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just been the, the unbelievable series that Sidney Crosby's having. Uh, Genny Malkins obviously played extremely well as well. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, Adam, that Claude Giroux in the postseason, and I'm not sure if you talked about this. I'm sure you probably have touched on this to an extent on your show already. Uh, but he hasn't really been a dominant postseason player since that series against the Penguins uh, in 2012. I believe it's now 11 straight playoff games he hasn't scored a goal. He only has two points in those 11 games, and they're both on the power play. They're both assists. So, I mean, as far as what he's been able to do production-wise, it's kind of been a significant drop-off for him once he hits the postseason. And uh, I don't know if there's a real clean answer to that because some of the teams he's gone up against are also strong down the middle. You think about the Capitals a couple years ago, uh, obviously the Penguins this year. But this is in a totally different kind of series for me from my perspective, and I agree with you. He's just been totally non-existent. Uh, and obviously him playing on the wing you thought would maybe kickstart him or free up a little bit more space uh, against the Penguins. But I think you have to give also a little bit of credit to Chris Letang because the Penguins defenseman has pretty much been having Giroux come down that wing on him for a lot of the series. And as a result, he's been fairly silent. So I think it's a kind of a team effort in shutting him down. But clearly Letang and Crosby are two of the bigger ones. Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. I was stunned by their start last night, Josh. I expected more along the lines of what we saw from the Flyers in game number three, and really uh, I don't think the Penguins thoroughly dominated them in the first ten minutes, but they were clearly the better team. Oh, they were. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think it's really interesting to watch how that game went, because I agree with you. You thought the Flyers were going to come out with some kind of extra oomph in their game just because of the situation at hand. I mean, no one wants to be down 3-1 in the series, let alone when you're shifting back to Pittsburgh and you've already lost the first game in your building and you haven't beaten the Flyers at home all season, or excuse me, the Penguins at home all season. You can kind of see and understand why the Flyers would put some um, urgency in their game early. But I thought the way the Penguins came out was a clinical, and I thought their effort the entire game was of that variety as well. I mean, they were able to roll all four lines pretty much from the get-go. They got a couple really strong early shifts from the uh, – Kunakle, Cheyenne, Aston, Reese line that I think were critical in them uh, kind of taking over the game. And then obviously you get the power play goal early, and that's a product uh, in drawing that penalty from the fourth line. So I think what, what uh, that group was able to do, and really the Penguins overall in that contest last night, they were able to just play the game they wanted to play. And the Flyers, I don't know, it was interesting, Adam, to watch that game. Philly has lost some big games at home before. There's no question about that. But Last night was the first time in a long time that I can remember not seeing any real kind of pushback from them or any real kind of, uh, you know, second opportunity or second effort from them. They kind of mailed it in a bit. That's what it looked like, how that game went on. And I think there's a little bit of frustration just in the sense of watching what the Penguins have been able to do to them now back-to-back games. There's uh, probably the reality kind of sinking in here. Okay, where do we go from here? How do we even get a goal past these guys, let alone beat them? As a Penguins fan, there is no better sound to me, Josh, than hearing those fans boo. Uh, there really isn't. <laughs> and, and I think they were on them early. You were there. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? Uh, it was tense, honestly. It was tense in the sense of uh, the fans were pretty angry, as, as you could probably uh, hear on the television. They, you know, they're, they're pretty impatient in Philadelphia. They, they tend to boo the officials when they first come on the ice before the Penguins even get out there. Uh, there's there's a lot going on as far as their reasons for being upset during a game. But number one last night was their team. I mean, the, the Flyers just didn't have it last night and uh, really haven't had it all series against the Penguins, save game two. 
but when you look at that atmosphere in there last night, I think the Penguins pretty much sucked it out from that early goal on. There was no reason for the fans to get excited. The Flyers had that one surge, uh, I guess, just past the midway point of the first period. Matt Murray made some saves. I wouldn't even call them big saves because there wasn't any real high – or weren't any, I should say, real high-quality shots within that kind of barrage that the, the Flyers had there sustained in the Penguins' zone. But uh, they go the other way, the Penguins, after five minutes of that and score on their next shot. And that's Phil Kessel's goal that goes through the five-hole and Brian Elliott. So I think that really sucked any kind of hope out of the building. And then the hope turned to anger. And uh, we all know how that escalates fairly quickly on the eastern side of the state. <laughs> Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. All right, now for the $100 million question. Who's better, Sidney Crosby or Mario Lemieux? I'm just kidding. Oh, we're, we're, not, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not doing that here. Gets up. I've heard that on every show I've listened to today, and I don't want to play that game. What I do want to say is, why do we have to even discuss it? Why? Why can't we just talk about the fact that Crosby has helped his team win three cups? Mario Lemieux won two. He's now the owner. We're never going to see a stretch like that ever again. Forgetting hockey, but in any sport here in this town. So just soak it up. Enjoy it. I'm with you, and you know what? That's an even better point than your cheese teas today. And that's saying something, because your cheese teases are unbelievable. Thank you, sir. they're my favorite thing on Twitter. Yeah! Uh, But I I agree with you. You know what? That's what I'm saying. These conversations about who's better need to go back to the team, I think. You're looking at, in my opinion, Mario Lemieux being the greatest player of all time, if not 1B behind Bobby Orr, I think, not Wayne Gretzky. Uh, And then you go to um, Sidney Crosby, what he's been able to do, clearly the best player of this generation, stats, back that up as far as what he's been able to do for the Penguins and over his career, even internationally with Canada. So I think when you look at those two guys and the success that they've had, and then you kind of drift out with the supporting cast they've had, and I use supporting cast lightly because there's some Hall of Famers in those supporting <laughs> casts with what we've had here in Pittsburgh and uh, Evgeny Malkin and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury before he left in the expansion draft. He's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, that ambulance that just drove by. Yeah, don't get pulled over, gets off. I was worried yeah, there that you're getting yanked. I'm walking here on the sidewalk, you know, and it's cold outside. I can't even catch my breath as I'm talking to you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is a group and a team and an organization that I think has is, is kind of been spoiled with the uh, players they've had here. And to just say in the same organization you've seen a Lemieux and a Yager and a um, uh, Crosby and a Malkin and a Joey Mullen and Ron Francis, I mean, it, the list goes on. It's, it's an unbelievable group of players that have worn the black and gold and uh, I don't know if you're going to pick favorites or anything like that as much as you just embrace the uh, the ultra amazingness that has been the star power that have been in the Penn's organization. Josh, if I were to say, of course, Sidney Crosby's been the best player in this series, is it that far of a stretch to say that maybe Brian Dumoulin's been the second best player for the Penguins? I'm glad you said that because I'm right there with you. I mean, this is a guy, and anyone who's watched him this year, I know you have uh, closely, Adam, but anyone who's watched this Penguins team, Brian Dumoulin has been the most consistent defenseman. Maybe Ole Matta's right there behind him, but uh, Dumoulin, I think, based on what he was given this summer, to be given a six-year extension at what now looks like a bargain deal, just over $4 million a year, uh, and to play top minutes every night, to play against the top forward or top six forward every single night and have to step up and shut them down because the Penguins, during the regular season, this series would speak otherwise, but during the regular season, we're not afraid to yield some pretty high-quality opportunities to opposing players. Uh, and Brian Dumoulin was the man in charge of shutting a lot of that down, and I think that the offensive side, obviously, of his game has hit another level here in the playoffs that continued for him. 
Um, and I just, I've been really impressed by him. I, I think that this is a guy that, you know, he's only 26 years old. That's the, it's the Ole Madden line right there that we always used to learn, you say about Ole when he'd have his struggles the last couple of seasons. Except Dumoulin never really had any struggles. He kind of jumped in two years ago, his first full year, uh, in the NHL. He goes and wins the Stanley Cup as a basically third line, second line, maybe teetering pair guy. Last year, him and Ron Hainsey were tremendous in the postseason. And now this year, you know, him and Chris Letang have, morphed into a top pair. They've been together pretty much the whole season, and I don't see any time soon that he's going to be jumped off that pair. He's getting some penalty kill uh, time and some heavy penalty kill time at that and doing a good job in that situation as well. So I think it's been overall a pretty impressive effort from Dumoulin, and you have to hope it continues on. But again, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. Josh, we can talk all we want about a short series being good for an eventual cup champion. I do think that there's some merit in that, certainly. But how about the games that we've seen in this series? They've all been blowouts, so Crosby's playing about 15 minutes last night. Uh, really, nobody played much more than 15 minutes, save for Dumoulin and Chris Letang, who pl- both played above 24 minutes. But uh, i got to think that that's great for this team, too, to be able to rest these guys in the midst of a game. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think that that has given the the Penguins an opportunity to roll all four lines, which I know is such a cliche line, but Mike Sullivan loves doing that. Uh, he he is predicated on getting some flow within his bench and getting some strong play from the fourth line. And you know that I think was a big question for this team coming into the postseason because they hadn't really had a chance to get four lines intact with some of the injuries they had down the stretch. First, it was uh, Zach Aston reese when he was starting to find his stride. Then, obviously, Broussard missed the last handful of games for the playoffs. So I think you were trying to mix and match and figure out what was going to work when you came to the postseason. And Penguins, I mean, as we saw, obviously, a couple of ga- uh, games ago in game one, really hit the ground running and meant some with what they were able to do in that first game against Philly. And uh, I think when you, when you look at this group, and, and as you mentioned, you're seeing some of your bigger names not logging a ton of minutes, not really logging a physical toll either, I would say. This series has not really had the bite um, of past Flyers-Penguin series, and I think that's because the Flyers are not the Flyers that people want them to be anymore. They're more of a speed and skill team. They're not going to punch you in the face like the teams in the past would. Uh, and the Penguins have been able to skate right past them and outskill them. So I think that's why the series has been so lopsided through the first four games. But um, when you look at what it does for the Penguins, I think it's huge. And I think you have an opportunity here tomorrow night, if you can take care of business, to watch Columbus and Washington continue to beat the crap out of each other and hopefully play more multiple overtime games and uh, drain each other out. And then hopefully you're looking at a pretty good situation for yourselves come round two if you can get the job done against the Flyers. We got a smoky report. Just got someone calling in. We haven't done one yet on the show today. Just give us one second here, Josh. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker Breaker 1 9 got a city kitty in full dress, spitting discos, and hanging papers behind the Waddlebird's chattel box. Jo- Josh gets off, so slow your roll and don't you fly, because they're about to rest our play by play guy. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air? You give us a holler and we'll get you home without that extra freight. And you remember, always keep that shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. He's pounding down. Hey, you didn't get arrested, right, Josh? <laughs> no, that's unbelievable, though. <laughs> There's something going on. That I, heard, I think I just heard a tire peel out behind you just now. 
That was a car that just drove by. I mean, maybe, yeah, based on the car, I'm going to go with he probably had his wheels moving a little quickly. <laughs> Get the hell inside, gets off, all right, man? <laughs> all right, I'll try my best. Hey, appreciate you taking the time, buddy. I will. Thanks, guys. Take care. There he goes, Josh Getzoff, Penguins Radio Network. Good move by you. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never seen Ryan so giddy about going to a Smokey before. <laughs> He's like, dude, you got to go do it. You got to go do it. You got to go do it. And he crushed it. All right. Yeah, take our play-by-play, guys. Take him, man. Damn. Damn city kitties. Liam Neeson would have found him had he been taken. Yeah, oh, but boy, we don't need we don't it. we don't need him gone in the first place. We don't keep that guy around. I like that with Mike Lang back on the call. They've got Getzoff traveling now. Yeah, so Getzoff's cool. there for the pregame, intermission, postgame. Kicks Brian Metzer to the curb a little bit, who we also love. But uh, get their time; they'll get their minutes. Uh, Metzer did a great job throughout the regular season. Coming up next, short series are necessary. We all know that. But the minutes in this series, I think they're helping the Penguins in a key area. I'll explain it even less poorly than I just did. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. The Army National Guard is offering up to a $20,000 enlistment bonus and other tuition benefits to qualified candidates, including new recruits and those with prior military service. Already received your education or are currently in school? You may be eligible for up to $50,000 in student loan repayment. Get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Pennsylvania National Guard, aired by the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters and this station. Let me put a smile on that face. Oh, my oh, God. That's pretty good. terrible. That's pretty good, that's right? Stat Nicholson. <laughs> Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> Stat Jack, everybody. Let's put a smile on that face. Dude, do not do that on the air. You need to stop. Don't do that when Seriously. we're live. Please. That character is going in the trash. Brayton tweets, Wow, dude, that jerk impersonation was ridiculously bad. Worst one I've ever heard. Come on. That wasn't that bad. I wasn't even on the air. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Ed tweets, easy, Adam. Your regular voice is the Joker. I don't know what that means. And Hibbert, Jay Hibbert, tweets at David Todd and says, see, this is all you had to do to keep your job. Quote tweeting the cheese tease, which Josh Getzoff liked. And as long as Getzoff keeps liking what we're putting down and ratings are up 700%, here's the deal, we're not going to keep doing it. Could I add a little bit to that? Josh does not just like it. He said it is his favorite thing about Twitter. That's badass. That's real badass. I'm with you. And you know what? That'd be an even better point than your cheese teeth today. And that's saying something because your cheese teases are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. That's favorite thing on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but that- it's a big ocean, that Twitter. So in all that it stuff is. in there, it's his favorite. You Josh sift through that. all the racism. All the trolling, all the nonsense, and you land at the feet of the cheese teeth. Yep. And you bow down to its greatness. Making Twitter great again. Since we've never really actually talked about the cheese teases like at length on the show, I just want to say they are a pain in the ass to film. <laughs> Big time. Oh my god. We're we making spend- enemies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. People are getting pissed off because we're so loud. Today, I'm- 
Got really today heated. Got heated. They got really today heated. Today got heated. So uh, curtain back, I guess now. Yeah, all the transparency. Why not play <laughs> okay. the game? There we go. Play the game. Okay. Show how to fight today. Oh, we had a fight. <laughs> had a big fight. Yeah, we had a fight. Me and Brian fought. Uh, yelling we're at each yelling other. Yelling at someone else. Yeah. Someone yelling at us. Yeah. The whole hey, thing. These guys broke my vape. Like, there's all kinds of things going on today. Unrelated. You're Adam, Adam broke your vape. Yeah. You a- broke the as vape. listeners, like, let's not start again, guys. But luckily, as listeners, you're lucky that we're actually on the air and doing a professional product today. That's true. Because we almost killed each other we did and tom because mommy and daddy were fighting i'm mommy i pointed at you whenever i said mommy i didn't mean that to be offensive no, i'm sorry about that i don't want to start this whole thing over again okay. mommy and daddy were fighting and i sit down and do the show and i look across at tom he just goes we're gonna be able to do this today we're we gonna be all right oh, we're fine tom should have been able to step in there and like mediate the situation Big baby tom as really. a producer i think he should have been the guy to come in and mm-hmm. fix it up yeah, see mm-hmm. i prefer to just sit on the fence like i was yeah tom that's i'm sorry your job is to keep the show rolling you both man. had really great points you're gonna see. you're <laughs> gonna get tetanus because your ass was all up on that fence yeah you all right though buddy we don't want to scare the kids yeah I'll get over it. I'll it's buy you okay. something nice, like a toy later now, on. Now, don't you undermine me that <laughs> way. What? You can't buy him something. Well, I get the custody, and you get to buy him the gifts. Look, I make him do his homework. He is upset. He shouldn't have had to deal That's with true. that fight. And now, so I'll get him something nice, and it's it's what it It'll is. Be okay. okay. It'll it's be fine. fine. You're welcome. See, friends fight. Enemies break up. Yes. We are friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, no breakup. No, no, not at all. Oh, uh, we'll fight again, too. Oh, my God. It's like two time in three weeks, though. It kind of is. Like it, it, the, the the frequency is increasing. It but is to be increasing. fair, we are spending a lot, a lot more, more time, time together. So I mean, like any great uh, work married couple, I guess we could say we are. We're I think like so. a, we're like a married work couple type thing. We are. Um, I mean, I don't go home with you at night. That's uh, your wife's uh, privilege, but uh, um, we're here a lot together. So we we're going to fight, man. It is what it is. The good news is neither of us can actually like physically fight. No. So we know it'll never come to any of oh, that. Absolutely, like, not. we're just going to use no. our mouths and talk and everything. Yes. And like, yeah, we are. We are good at being talkers. Yeah, you would beat me up probably. I don't think that's true. See, that's funny. That actually you're from be... Baltimore. Yeah, but I'm. Also, I'm from Mount Lebanon. I'm also a wuss. Could both of us together beat up Tom? No, I don't. I think, don't think I don't so think either. So. No, no. No, see, I hate getting hit. As soon as I get hit, I'm out. I'm That's like, the worst part of a fight. <laughs> I know. It's the worst part. Guys look at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? You should be tougher. I'm like, I'm not. Sorry. All my friends have always talked about, oh, if he says something, I'm going to beat his ass. And yeah. I'm always like, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean you're going to beat yeah. his ass? I'm going to say a smart-ass comment and run. <laughs> 100%. I love you, though, man. I love you, too. The thing is, it didn't get personal. It was just like, no, I disagree. Th- I disagree. I disagree. I disagree louder. I disagree louder. Yeah. I disagree louder. Yeah. yeah, I was going to get personal, but I walked out. Whoa! No, I'm just kidding. I was not. Unbelievable! I was not. I was not. I even said at one point I'm going to go get a drink of water, and there was a there is there's a bottle of water sitting right in front of me. Dude. Clearly, I just wanted to leave the room. You walked out of the room and you go, you go, I'm getting a drink. You come back walking in. And you're like, oh, I got a bottle of water in my hand. I'm holding one. And I'm so pissed. I didn't even realize what was going on. Like a second later, I'm like, oh, wait, you had water? It's I'm an like, idiot. That's me too. Yeah, really, that's probably what I happened. love you, though. I love that's, you too. It's my favorite part of radio right here is this show. So. Mine too. See, you just heard us get back together. Mm-hmm. What you will not hear is the makeup sex. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. We're very quiet at that. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Hey, short series are necessary, right? In two thousand nine, the Penguins handed Carolina a sweep, beat their ass, 
In 2016, the Penguins beat the Rangers in five. Last year, they beat Columbus in five. There's a max of 28 games that can be played in route to winning the Stanley Cup. Obviously, less is more. The Penguins have played more hockey than anybody, though, over the last two years. They've been the last team standing. Well, they've got an opportunity here to wax Philly and get some rest. Prior to the series, Dumoulin said that every playoff game feels like four regular season games. I promise I'm getting somewhere here. Because of the nature of this series, they're actually resting a bit right now. That's been interesting to me. Crosby played 15-33 last night. He averaged over 20 this year. Malkin played 15-36. He averaged over 20 this year. Kessel played 14-03. Only Dumo and Latang played over 20 minutes. Latang played 28. Dumoulin played 24. Latang wants to play more. He's better the more he plays. They thrive on that. This overall, though, it's going to help the team in the long haul. Not just the number of games they play, but how much they're playing during the game is what I think is important. So hopefully for the Penguins' sake, not only do they beat Philadelphia in game number five, but hopefully they just shove it down their damn throats. Hopefully they blow them bitches out and then get a chance to keep the minutes down. Because if you look across at the other side of the bracket, oh my God, Washington and Columbus, meanwhile, look like they're in the exact opposite series of what the Penguins are dealing with. Penn's Flyers has been a lopsided affair. Every game is a blowout. Players are getting to rest. Columbus and Washington are going to overtime every night, and they look destined to play six or seven. In fact, Penguins fans, this might be hard for you to swallow, but yo, root for Washington tonight. The Penguins are likely going to have to play a physically tired and emotionally spent hockey club in round number two. The Pens in all likelihood, will have been sleeping sound. Adam, could I uh, offer a counterpoint real quick, though? You can't. You uh, don't want to get eliminated, or, excuse me, advance too early and uh, have too much time off because then complacency could set in and you might forget how to play hockey. So that's a risky run. you got to hit it right on the head. Yeah, that's a problem. It really is, Tom. If you don't play hockey for a week, they say you can totally forget how to play. they got to teach them how to skate all over. I know. Mm, but you don't want to be tired. No, 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 no. That's you, true. You can't be too tired. You don't want to be tired. Just get boat raced you don't want to be tired. Oh, boy. This is a conundrum. Now I'm wondering, okay, all right, here we go. What is the perfect number of games, then, that needs to be played? And what's the number? You know what? Screw games, because it's overtime being played. Crosby's playing 15 minutes a night compared to 20 in the regular season. How many periods do you think is the sweet spot? Hmm. Hmm. So if the Penguins win in regulation in their game, that'll be, what, 15 periods that the Penguins have played? If they win game five in regulation? Yes, but I'll say this. Okay. Five, Is that too short? Three plus two. Yes. I think 15, dep- it depends on how you get there, though, because the Penguins will have played 15 periods, but I think it'll really be like they played 12. Uh, all the blowouts add up to some leisurely skates out there, I, I think. I'm taking a, little a third period yeah. off. See what I'm doing there? I'm taking a period off. A game off, really. Yeah. It's like they swept them. So what's the perfect amount of periods to play? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want them to forget how to play hockey. But you also don't want them to be too tired. You do to not play want them to be too tired. Yep. Mm. Need the sweet spot. You do. Hmm. Mm. So what's five games? That's three periods of games. Fifteen plus two overtime periods. It's the hell's 15. Pat? Yeah, where is that guy? I know. We no, need now time we actually now is the now that guy can count. I think you want to. I think you want to win in six blowout games. How about that? So eighteen periods, eighteen periods with, 
But you chop that third period off because it's a blowout. Well, if Dumoulin so says really two periods long. if Dumoulin says every game is like every playoff game is like four regular season games, then that means every period is like a game, I suppose, right? And if you're going six games and it's blowout games, I would imagine blowout games only feel like two regular season games. Because you're not skating as hard. Because you're not skating yeah. as hard and the intensity's not quite there. So by that math, then we're looking at two periods per game, six games, twelve periods. But then you're but then you but then you're gonna forget how to play hockey. This is difficult math yeah. right now. It's hard. This is like this is kind of like hockey saber metrics right here. But I think if we could figure out this sweet spot and deliver this to the league. I think they'd love it because this is real scientific stuff here. If we went back and looked at every Stanley Cup champion and we developed a blowout quotient and a close game quotient <laughs> and we and we compared the two and, and saw how many blowout games they each won and that's, how many... That's known as the B.O. quotient. The bow quotient. Yeah, the B.O. quotient. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Blowout quotient. And... C.G. quotient. Close game co- quotient. Well, yeah. that's tough to say. Yeah. And dangerous, in fact. Hmm. Hmm. I'm stumped. It's time to get fucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the 5-Minute Major with Adam Crowley. The Penguins have won the ship two years in a row, you know that. They're built for it. But nothing illustrated that more for me than the first 15 minutes of game number four. The Penguins were by far the better team for the first 10. They were buzzing, and then the Flyers looked like they had the life drained out of them. The Penguins do what they always seem to do, which is score on the power play. Then Philadelphia threw the kitchen sink at Pittsburgh. It started with a Latang turnover behind the net, and from that point forward, the next four minutes, the Flyers did everything but score. Why? Matt Murray is in goal for the Penguins. And not just any Matt Murray. Playoff Matt Murray. Then Malkin and Kessel made it 2-0 off the rush. So if you're tallying at home, in the first 15, we saw utter domination by the Penguins, then a power play goal, fabulous goaltending, and then a goal off the counterattack. The Penguins are like a damn cockroach, dude. They're so hard to kill. They can beat you in so many different ways. In 2016, it was long-sustained pressure. Last year, counterattack. Both years, they had goaltending. This year, it's the same thing. It's so freaking difficult to beat Pittsburgh in a seven-game series because even if they get outplayed, they can still hit you on the counterattack, and their goalie can make some saves. The reason Tom's all confused now is because I put this up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Who would you rather have in two-on-two? Crosby and Jordan or Lemieux and LeBron? Right now, 68% of the listening audience says they'd rather have Crosby and Jordan. Now, I, while, while I see their point there, I think I'm with the 32%. I think I'm going Lemieux and LeBron. Not Crosby, Jordan. Coming up next, it's a eulogy. Another team passed last night. Get emotional just talking about it. And then we got Greg Wyshynski from ESPN coming up at 520 to ESPN Pittsburgh. If you have Parkinson's disease, you are urgently needed for clinical trials. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will get you started. Get your Parkinson's trial participant pack at michaeljfox.org slash participant pack. It's free and available right now. And that's when I said, I don't care. 
That was one of the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life. Look, I'm sorry, yeah, man. Wow. That's a bad what? joke. You think man. that was bad? What do you yeah. even think? The Joker impression, the bad <sighs> jokes. Let me show you a magic oh, trick. I mean, that God. setup was 